Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about relaxation techniques for the elderly is Dr. Dietrich Gorman. How are you doing today, Dr. Gorman? Hi, I'm doing very good, Mr. Jason Kotar. I'm very happy to be here. How are you today? Doing very good. Looking forward to our time together. Before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping for those that are joining us today. Uh, if you have any questions, type those questions in. Time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered. Um, Dr. Gorman, let's talk about relaxation techniques for the elderly. Excellent. Okay, well, again, thank you so much for having me. I'm Dr. Dietrich Gorman, and I'm going to be talking about relaxation techniques for the elderly. Um, before I get started, you know, I just wanted to introduce you, introduce myself. Um, I'm America's relaxation doctor. I'm the CEO of my company, Dietelman, and I'll be talking to you more about uh, that in just a few moments. So before I get started in, in, in all this, you know, I wanted to just briefly tell you my story. I'm actually originally from the Midwest, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I'm not sure if you all are aware of that, but um, I've always wanted to be a doctor since an early age. And I knew at this point that you had to be smart and you wanted to help people. And so I was really determined to do that. And so for some of y'all, and some of us doctors out there, medical school isn't necessarily a straight path. So here I am in this next picture with my parents. This is actually my graduation day uh, for my master's. And um, after my master's degree, I actually finally got into medical school. I took a trip to New Jersey. It was just me and my dog, and it was I was going to tackle the world. This is me in my white coat ceremony uh, with my mom, and she's no longer with me. But this is the start of my medical career. And so I'm not sure if all y'all out there who are aware of many doctors, but typically a medical school education is four years. The first two years are all in the classroom. And then the second two years are out and about in our rotations. And so the last two years, you get a kind of a feel of what it's like to be a doctor. You're doing your thing, you're a medical student, but you have stress, but there's people who are watching your back, right? There's people who are looking over your shoulder, making sure you're not making any mistakes. So yes, of course, there's stress as a medical student, but you always have that backup. And in medical school, they and things have definitely changed now, but in medical school back then, they really just didn't tell us how to manage stress. They just said, oh, you need to become a well-rounded person, you know, do your education and, and stuff like that. But they didn't really give us ways to help us manage your stress. And there was definitely stress. Um, so after medical school, I actually, uh, or excuse me, yeah, after res medical school, I went to residency back home in my town of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And um, it was great, actually. It's a three-year program. And again, I'm a doctor now, but still there's people looking after me, okay? So the stress is still there. Every once in a while, I would get a massage to help with my stress. But again, it really wasn't taught or emphasized how to manage the stress. And as the years go by, I'm responsible for the lower level residents and interns. So the stress is there, of course. Now, after residency, I'm recruited to where I am right now, a small West Texas town in, in Pecos, Texas. And now it's just me. It's like I'm the attending, the bug stops with me. I don't have that backup. Of course, I can ask my colleagues, but it was me. And so when I first started, you know, this is how it was. They don't tell you about this, right? Here I am. I became disorganized, just kind of stressed out, frustrated. The work just keeps piling up. Patience. Um, being on call, 
uh, it was just really, you know, something else. And I have to admit, I really wasn't handling my stress very well. And um, this is one of the, the times that I was like, really messed up. And um, I had a breaking point. And my breaking point actually was when my medical assistant came into my office one day and she was like, Dr. Gorman, is there anything that I can do to help you? And I looked at her and I was like, there's nothing that anyone can do to help me. And she looked at me funny and I was like, well, what? And she like, she was very concerned at that statement that someone who would say no one can help them, they're in a place where they're in a very dark place where they're committing or thinking of committing suicide. And so I was actually kind of thrown aback by that. And I was actually embarrassed, I was hurt. Um, and I was just like, wow, you know, actually at this point I can actually see it. And at first I was like, well, I never really thought I would get to this point, but I can actually see how people didn't have a way, feel that they had a way out. So here I am, you know, a doctor, I'm going to the restroom, like looking like this crying, but I will come out my happy bubbly self, but then on the inside I was hurting. I was stressed out, I didn't know how to handle my stress. And I knew that I didn't want to live my life this way. And one of the things I had was like an epiphany. I'm like, not only do I not want to live my, my life like this, I want to help others not get to that point. And that, that was the turning point right there. And so I ended up joining a program, and which is allowing me to be here today so I can be on this platform as America's Relaxation Doctor, helping people be able to manage their workplace stressors because people who are at work are definitely going to have stress, but I don't want them to get to that dark place that I was at. And again, this was me, hot mess, all right? I don't know if some of you are out there with your lives and your stressors, you feel like your life is a hot mess, but I am definitely here to help. <laughs> I want to talk today about relaxation techniques for the elderly. And yet, the, I want you all to realize that the fact that you're, you're still living you're still going to be experiencing stress. And so that's why I'm very happy I could be on this platform with Mr. Kotar um, with this knowledgeable aging uh, platform so that I can spread this information and knowledge that your, your everyday stressors, even if they're chronic, don't have to kill you. So I want to talk about what is stress, how it affects your health, special challenges that are, are faced in the elderly population, some ways that you can learn how to decrease your stress, and definitely discuss the benefits of relaxation and well-being. I'm going to talk about some relaxation techniques. And then I want y'all out there to, I can't see y'all, but I want you to pinky swear that you're going to just try one of these relaxation techniques to see how it improves your life. <laughs> but first, <laughs> but first, I want to talk about what is stress. We talk about, oh, I have stress. Yes, they have stress, blah, blah, blah. So in a textbook definition, I'm going to read it. Stress is a medical or biological context stress, is a physical, mental, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension. Stress can be external from the environment, psychological or social situations, internal illness from a medical procedure, and stress can initiate the fight or flight response, a complex reaction of neurologic and endocrinologic systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does all that mean? Stress in a mental sense, is whatever you feel that stresses you out. So if you think about it, some people's stress may not be stressful for another person, all right? But stress in general is whatever you feel causes you that worry and that stress. Now, 
we're in this knowledgeable aging platform. And so I know there's some unique stressors as we age. And I'll just briefly talk about those. Your body is slowing down. You got more aches and pains. It's a little bit rougher getting up in the morning or getting up out of a chair. Your health may be deteriorating. You may be on a host of medications. Of course, that's stressful. You may have to become more dependent on others to get you where you need to go or to help take care of you in the home. Um, there's worries about not being able to function as independently as you used to. Worries for inst institutionalization. You know, am I going to have to be living here, assisted living? You know, nursing home. You know, somewhere outside of my home. That can definitely be stressful. Loss, losing a loved one, losing your friends that you once were around, they're no longer getting there as they're getting older. You may be isolated or feel that you're isolated, you're not having as many visitors, or you may just self-isolate because you don't feel that you want to be a burden for other people. You may have to uh, take care of grandchildren, you know. Those little darlings, they have that energy and stuff. You may just not have it in you. So that could be a stress. <laughs> Caring for your six, your six spouse is definitely a stressor. You know, watching someone that you, you totally love, how their health is deteriorating as well. Finances, that's a big one. Back, back when you were working, were you able to, you know, put enough money back for your retirement, you know? You're in, are you on a fixed income? You know, are you pay, being able to pay for your medications, your insurance and all that stuff? And then, you know, maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe you actually have to go back to work, you know, where you stopped working before, but you have to just to help support yourself in your, in your income. So that definitely could be a stressor for you. And then on top of that, you're going to shake in some COVID. I mean, we're definitely living in different times right now. Everyone's nervous about COVID. This virus is out there. Being elderly can place you at certain risk factors for it. Um, but having this COVID here. And then on top of that, we got the election. I'm not going to get political or anything like that, but it can be stressful. Is my candidate going to win? Is my candidate going to lose? How is that going to change my life? How is that going to affect me? Now, what happens to you when you're chronically stressed? You have all this stress and this worry all the time. Your soul actually hurts. You know, you're not yourself. You don't understand how you got to this place. How did you let all this stress affect you? You maybe once have been a happy, bubbly person, you know, but this is just really wearing you down. You hurt physically and mentally. You got those aches and pains, that tension because you're always in that stressful uh, mode. And this may actually allow you not to take care of yourself. You might be like, well, I'm in too much pain. My aches and pains, I'll just deal with it later. It's really a vicious cycle. Illness creeps in, you know, disease. You, you don't get the sleep that you need. You may be depressed, you know, and anxious. It's definitely something else, right? Then poor coping mechanisms of stress, drinking, you know, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff. You may become more negative, more sarcastic, and eh, you just don't care. So I'm not trying to bring that down, but this is just to let y'all know that stress is definitely something that is very serious. Um, it's not to be overlooked because it definitely does affect your health and your life, your mentation, just everything. So I want to offer a couple of ways to decrease your stress, especially how it deals with the elderly population, a monitoring system. So if you're at home living by yourself, it may behoove you to get one of those monitoring systems. If something should happen, you're able to click a button and, and have help arrive for you.
Um, get your affairs in order. Have your wishes expressed. Okay. Declutter your home. You don't want to have any falling hazards. Okay. Have your, your house neat. Have things in place where you know where things are and you know where you can find things. And if there's things you don't need or you're not using, you can store them or get rid of them. Make your home safe. Ask for help. Clean up your home. And most importantly, prepare your home for, for happiness and calm. You don't want all that chaos and clutter there. You want your home to be your solace, your, your haven. When you're in your home, you want to be able to take a deep breath and be like, yes, I'm here. Also, you want to prepare for emergencies. So, of course, whatever you plan for won't exactly happen the way it's going to happen. But if you can just be more prepared for those unexpected things, that can help you with your stress. And then have your supplies there. And if you notice, all of these things are, are help dealing with obtaining your peace of mind. If you can get your affairs in order, all that stuff is going to give you that peace of mind, which is going to decrease your stress, which is going to help you to relax. Now, what are some benefits of relaxation? Mentally, you're going to have a better attitude. Your concentration is going to be better. You're not going to be as grumpy. I know that's how it was with me. I used to have attitude. I just would snap at people. And there's no need for it. They're not doing anything. It's just how I'm interpreting my stress. So it's going to decrease your anger, your frustration. It's going to actually improve your confidence because you're walking in that, that sense of calm. Okay? The physical benefits of relaxation. Your blood pressure and your heart rate is going to decrease. You're going to Im improve your breathing. Okay, so you're not going to be in that panting mode. You're going to be, you know, having nice, calm breathing. Your digestion is going to improve. When you're in that chronic stress mode, your body is thinking about fight or flight. I got to flee danger. It's not thinking about, oh, I got to rest and digest this meal and have a good time. So your, your, your digestion can definitely be affected when you're stressed. Improved blood sugar control. Improve, improve, improved uh, blood flow, decrease your pain, and definitely improved healing. In the home, there's going to be better coping, um, improved communication, improved bonding, just a happier home environment when things are calm and relaxed. And things are going to be tidier. Now, to the crux of the talk, relaxation techniques for the, the elderly. We're going to talk about the mind. Practicing mindfulness. Now, what is mindfulness? Basically, that's setting your mind with an intention to accomplish something. You're going to be deliberate in your actions to bring about a certain outcome. That's what mindfulness is. You can obtain this by meditation, guided imagery, self-hypnosis, music. For me, music is one of my top things I do for relaxation because, you know, it can help produce certain moods. So for me, one of the things I love the most to do to listen to is instrumental piano. It just puts me in such a great state of calm and relaxation where I can do my deep breathing and all that stuff. And it's just wonderful. Uh, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, journaling. Journaling is such an excellent way to help uh, decrease your stress and promote relaxation because you're releasing your thoughts. You're putting it to the pen and paper and it's a release. Reading. Watching TV and a movie, you're kind of getting away from, from your troubles and calming your mind that way. And then, of course, talking about your positive affirmations. I do feel good. My aches and pains are leaving me. I feel happy. I'm healthy. I repel negativity. Those are the things you want to talk to yourself about every day. You don't want to go to that negative mindset. You want to think positive.
and remind yourself every day that you're you're worthy, you're doing great. Okay, until you believe it. Body. Relaxation techniques are great for the body. Spa treatments. This is me up here. I love going to the spa and getting my massage. You know, this is a pre-COVID picture, but still there's still ways you can go have a great massage in this time of COVID with your mask. So I encourage y'all to do that. Practicing yoga, Tai Chi, uh, progressive muscle relaxation in, in which you're tightening your muscles and then relaxing them. Exercise is so crucial to so many different things. And you don't have to run a marathon or run around the track to get in some exercise. You can even be in the water in the pool, moving those joints, all right? Sitting in the chair, moving those joints to music, singing out loud, all those stuff. Stretching and walking, those are excellent ways to help uh, promote relaxation in your life. Then you're going to your spiritual aspect. Practicing active gratitude. You may not feel it, but there's so many different things out there to be grateful for. It doesn't have to be something that's really major. It can be a small thing. Today, I cooked myself my favorite meal. Today, I donated to this charity. Today, I'm just so grateful to be alive and be given another day. Praying. Whatever your higher power is, your, your personal connection. Another big one is practicing forgiveness of yourself and others. Again, it's a release. It's re releasing that weight off of your shoulders, that guilt and that worry. Can you imagine having this all out of your mind, how light you will feel? And that's what relaxation does. That's what these techniques do, is getting all that mental anguish away from you. Singing is such a great one. Again, it's a release. Just singing out loud. You don't have to be a good singer. I'm not a good singer, but I find myself singing a lot. Especially like in the shower. I mean, it's so fun and it's such a release again. Again, practicing compassion for yourself and others. Volunteering. You know, there's lots of people that are out there that are less fortunate than you. All right. And being able to help others helps uplift yourself as well as other people. And then my all-time favorite, laughing. I mean, I just love laughing, trying to find some humor in some things, watching a good comedy. You know, you have those big belly laughs. It's just, it's just such a great thing to, to do. <laughs> and then, you got yeah, me laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really love laughing. Good sense of humor. And then mix. So kind of a hodgepodge of things. Coloring. You know, coloring not only helps promote relaxation, it helps build hand-eye coordination. You, you create uh, beautiful pictures that are unique to you based on the colors that you choose. And it's that quiet time that you can spend. You can actually spend it with others, you know, your grandchildren, your kids, you know, other folks. It's really fun to color. Same with drawing and painting. I mean, playing with the pet. I mean, look at little Fluffy right here. I mean, little pets are just such little uh, great creatures. They got such personalities and it's something to take care of and they love you back. Um, showering is, is a great thing because you can like put an essential oil out there in, in the midst of the shower, bath products, so you can breathe in the beautiful scents and just take some deep breaths while you're cleansing yourself. Um, nature immersion. What I mean by nature immersion is literally you being out in nature and just being still and being quiet and looking at the awesomeness of nature in the environment. And so being out in nature, there's like that connection, you know. Um, that connection that we're all together, you know, we're all 
in this in this universe in in this nature environment and we just and nature is actually a show you see the little birds you see the water flowing you see the trees rustling and just sitting here looking at all that is just so calming and then uh gardening and then various products they have like those squeeze brains and stuff like that things that can help dissipate some of your uh, negative energy and anxious energy so the one thing that most mostly all these things have in common is just think to yourself, what do you think it could be? So the answer is breathing, all right? So you're controlling your breathing. You're doing deep breathing when, most, when you're doing most of these, th these things, except like laughing. But what happens is, is when you deep breathe, not just like, yeah, of course you're breathing, but when you're taking big purposeful belly breathing, like you're breathing with poking your belly button out, filling your lungs with air what happens is you actually activate what's called your parasympathetic nervous system so you have two nervous systems actually working at the same time you know kind of opposing each other one is what's called your sympathetic nervous system and that's part of your nervous system where it's like fight or flight i gotta go i gotta get out of here i gotta protect myself you know i gotta to to, to move then you have the parasympathetic which signals to your body i'm safe you know, I can rest, I can digest, I can create, all is well. So you activate that parasympathetic nervous system when you're deep breathing. So that's why it's so crucial when you're practicing all these relaxation techniques is to do some deep breathing. So just in, in closing, and then we'll get to questions. I just wanted to say that, you know, not everyone is actually allowed to age. And so in my opinion, you can totally be grateful for that. And for those who aren't aging the way they had anticipated or, you know, they feel that their lives aren't the way they, it should be at this point in their, in their life, you can definitely work on ways to change it. And it doesn't have to be so big and dramatic. And first and foremost, uh, aging and, and relaxation cannot be accomplished with a chaotic mind. Okay, so you have to find ways to calm your mind and to uh, decrease the chaos and the clutter of your mind and the anxiety. Breathing is definitely number one. And then you can utilize some of those relaxation techniques that I talked about. And you can just find different ways to help incorporate relaxation in, into your life. We're all going to have stressors that's a given because we're living. But it's how we handle those stressors that are going to help us improve our lives or not. And so it can totally be up to you. Ask for help if you need help. You know, it's up to you to help get to your peace of mind. And sometimes the best thing and the best, most productive thing that you can do is to actually relax. Just be still, just calm your mind. Okay, that's it for now. Do y'all have any questions out there? Very good, Dr. Dietrich. Yes, quite a few questions, if you don't mind. Uh, first question here I have is, how can a person figure out which is the best relaxation technique for them? Okay, great question. So the thing is, we are all definitely individuals, all right? The great thing is you have to know yourself. Are you the type of person that you can sit in one place for some time? So maybe meditation. Um, do you need something that's more immediate? Maybe you can just practice your deep breathing. 
So the great thing is that there's a multitude of different relaxation techniques and you're just going to have to try which one that you feel that can be best for you and then go with it. You know, you could maybe stick with one or, you know, try a whole bunch of different ones, but you got to find out ways that are unique for you that's going to be beneficial for you because I guarantee you one person that likes to sit there and color for relaxation, it might drive another person crazy. They just can't do it. You know what I mean? So, um, trying the different ways to uh, relax are going to be uh, what's going to be important for you to uh, find what's best for you. Are there any concerns or any correlations between chronic conditions um, and stress, whether it's diabetes or other, other factors like that? Yes. And so, so that's a great example for diabetes because, you know, I've, I've heard out there that um, the stress caused diabetes. So technically, I'm not going to say it's the sole cause for diabetes, but it's definitely contributory. And what I mean by that is when you're stressed, your body makes hormones, stress hormones. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, it's, it's preparing your body for protection, protecting itself, fight or flight. And one of the things it needs is energy. And energy is sugar. OK, so your body has a way to mobilize energy stores in the form of sugar to help move those muscles, you know, to help you uh, get out of there in that stressful situation. So one of the things it does is it it makes your body release sugar into your system. OK, so for that energy. So can you imagine if you're chronically stressed, those hormones are chronically turned on. So there you go. On top of that. If your body is already in a, a pre-diabetic state or not handling sugar metabolism in the first place, adding that extra sugar because of stress is going to make it worse. Plus, if you already have diabetes, you know, you may not be taking care of yourself. You may not be taking your medications. So the issue that you already mm-hmm. have is going to be worse. So I can't say 100% that stress causes diabetes, but diabetes is definitely a multifactorial issue. But stress definitely doesn't doesn't help it at all. It actually makes it worse. And so in the short term, immediate, yes, you need that sugar, those stores to be mobilized so you can flee danger. But you don't want that that the mechanism turned on all the time because it definitely is detrimental to the health. Another question. I'm not very mobile, Dr. Gorman, and they understand the value of relaxation. If they're not very mobile and they can't move around too well, what do you recommend? That's a very great question. So what I definitely recommend is working with what you have. If you're the type of person that you're not able to get around and walk around a lot, um, I would recommend doing relaxation techniques in your chair. If you can move a little bit and suppose maybe if there's the opportunity for you to get into some water, like a nice big heated pool, um, maybe like water exercises to help uh, decrease some of that that load off of your joints and get some of those muscles, you know, stretching, you can do that as well. But if you're not mobile, work with what you have, be there. You could always practice your deep breathing. You can do chair stretches. You can do chair exercises. You can move a table up in front of you to do like your coloring, your reading, your journaling. Um, there's, you don't have to run a marathon. You don't have to be out and about to, to benefit from relaxation. So definitely work with what you have. Okay. Another question was asking about how long should these relaxation techniques on a, on a day-to-day basis, how long should you be, should be doing, should you be doing this? 
Excellent, excellent question. So it's going to be based on your schedule. I would recommend you doing it as often as you can, when you can. So some people like to even start off their morning practicing gratitude, sitting on the edge of their bed, taking some deep breaths, setting up their day. Today I'm going to have a great day. You know, doing some of those stretches. So you can start your day off like that and then go throughout your day. You can pick a particular time of the day um, to, to incorporate relaxation. So it's definitely going to be based on your personality and your schedule and what fits best for you. But you can definitely even carve out like five minutes before lunch. There's, di there's different options that you can do. All right. <laughs> this is an interesting question. Eh? We've got the holidays coming up, Dr. Gorman. So we know the stresses that come with family. Um, what do you recommend? So there's a lot of recommendations uh, uh, for that one, actually. Um, what I'd like to say about the holidays, because it's, it's a very, it can be, it can be a very stressful time for people during the holidays because they're trying to please others and get gifts for others and all that stuff. But I really want you to just kind of sit back and kind of get a bigger picture and really kind of think about what the holidays are for. They're supposed to be for bonding, uh, being with your loved ones, that kind of thing. So bringing stress upon yourself, trying to see how you're going to do something for someone else. Maybe just even being there is a gift enough. So what I want you to do is get things in perspective, maybe write out a list of certain things that you want to accomplish. And if you can't accomplish them, you, you can't accomplish them. Also communicate with other people. Yes, you know, we're, we're living in, in strange times now. Maybe my finances aren't the best. I'm not going to be able to do what I was normally able to do in the past. Okay. Just kind of communicate with people and just say, hey, let's enjoy each other this season. Um, let's not put so much stress on each other about getting each other gifts or, you know, going here or going there, spending money we don't have. Let's just enjoy each other's company. So yeah. if if that can be something that can be agreed upon, it can really decrease the stress for a lot of different people. And especially like the cooking, you know, maybe you could just have someone bring in a, a dish, you know, share share the stress and then share the relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if if a son or a daughter has a, a parent that lives out of town or is a couple hours away, what do you recommend for them to for their parents um, when it comes to relaxation or stress when they can't be there to to touch them, see them and talk to them on a daily basis? So one of the things I would recommend is to make the effort to talk to them on a daily basis. Pick up the okay. phone and call call your folks. You know, let them know that you know you still you care, even though the mob is separating us. Even if you can get on Skype or or you know FaceTime or any of that stuff, let them see you. Let them see the kids and whatnot. And just you know carve out a, a certain amount of time every day or you know every week. That's the time that's going to be dedicated to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I want to see how you're doing. And then you can even do relaxation techniques together. You know, they even actually have like reading parties online. You know, you don't have to be physically there. Okay. But then also one final thing too is, you know, just make the time and, and be there for your parents. You know, if you could just take a day or two and either go get them and bring them there, they may not want to, but just say, hey, I want to spend some time with you. Or, hey, can I come hang out with you for a day or two? just to do that. But definitely this is the time, especially with COVID, to use social media to uh, have that connection. 
Last question, Dr. Gorman. Obviously, we're in unprecedented times with COVID. Um, what are the concerns that you have as a doctor as we as we progress through this? Um, there's the uncertainty as far as you know a vaccine. So, what 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 worries you um, as far as a doctor? My for, for so for me, the concern, the, the main concern is that. Um, two things. One, people are making this a political issue, which it shouldn't be. And then my concern is that people aren't really taking it as serious as they need to be. And that there's ways that a, a person can just help themselves and help each other by just doing simple things. And so, you know, I'm the one who's seeing the people with the COVID, you know, seeing the people who are, you know, coughing and fever, uh, staying at home because they can't work because of the fear of them infecting other people. And I just don't want people to think that it's just like a joke or it's, it's some type of sham or whatnot, because it really is out there. And the people who aren't as affected as far as physically, you know, be grateful for that, but then still take it seriously because you just never know. So those are the concerns that it's being, it's being politicized and that it People are taking it seriously because, yeah, it's not the flu, it's not strep throat, it's not RSV, it's, it's COVID, it's a different monster. And, you know, people are still trying to learn about it. And so I just feel that people should be able to do what they can do to help keep themselves safe, safer, their loved ones safer. And, you know, it's just by going by the recommendations. So just take that seriously. Very good. Well, Dr. Gorman, how can people find you? Oh, good. Okay. Please follow me. Follow me. Follow me. <laughs> I'm on all social media, um, and I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. You can reach me on my website at drdietrichg.com. I'm America's Relaxation Doctor, so you can find me there. My slogan is actually a calm mind is receptive mind. So when your mind is non-stirred, non-chaotic, you're open to receiving love. You can think better. You're able to communicate better. So I have a website for that as well. And then, of course, good old-fashioned email at drdietrichg.com. I also wanted to just let y'all know every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, I have a Facebook show called uh, Relax Well with Dr. Dietrich. Um, I talk about different relaxation techniques, inspirational things, um, things that are going to help improve your life, decrease your stress, and all that. And so today actually is um, you deserve peace of mind. So I hope y'all can join me on my Facebook show. I'm also an author. So I have two best-selling books, and I actually just uh, am getting ready to launch my journal. So Relaxed and Ready is a simple roadmap to reducing workplace stress and frustration. For those of y'all who are out at work, you know, being in the work environment can be stressful, dealing with different personalities, your bosses, co-workers, all that stuff. That can be stressful and definitely play a role in your health and your work productivity. So I have that book. And then, you know, I kept mentioning coloring. I actually have a coloring book, Relaxed and Ready, an inspirational coloring book to calm your mind. And it actually has wonderful quotes in there that are inspiring and thought-provoking while you're coloring. I mean, how great is that? And then I actually have my journal that I'm actually just releasing. It's actually in pre-sales right now. It's a 90-day journal. It's a gratitude journal, but it's so much more than that. It's a, it's a reflective journal. So you're going to reflect upon your life. What is your heart's desires? How have you helped people? How have you forgiven yourself? How have you forgave others? How have you moved? So that kind of thing. 
can, that's in my reflective journal, and you can actually get all three. You can just go to drdietrichg.com. Speaking of free, who doesn't like a free gift, right? 50 ways to treat yourself well.com. I'm going to give you 50 tips on how you can treat yourself well, no matter what your budget. You don't have to have a lot of money to be able to show yourself a self love. Okay, and that's it, y'all. Thank you so much for, for having me here. And I just really appreciate being able to talk to y'all about relaxation techniques. Thank you, Dr. Gorman. Um, real quick, so Knowledgeable Aging, uh, this webinar will be on YouTube. Go into YouTube, type in Knowledgeable Aging. We ask you to subscribe. We have quite a few webinars each week. Um, you can also find us on you can also find us on podcast. Thank you, Dr. Gorman. Um, you can also find us on our podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple Tunes. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging. <laughs>